Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today. Weissman and Oz back with you on this Friday. We are here. Errol will be here in just a little while. He's, you know, a little busy with whatever he's doing, but he'll, the show must go on, right? And he'll be here soon enough. But this is our new time from 1.30 to 2.30. Happy to be here as we are approaching Super Bowl Sunday. And we are going to talk a lot about this upcoming game uh, between the Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. Is this going to be the last time for the Patriots to win with both McDaniels and Patricia leaving the Patriots to go get their head coaching job? McDaniels with Indianapolis and Patricia with Detroit. Also, a big trade happened just the other day. Weird timing, if you ask me, uh, with Alex Smith getting traded to the Washington Redskins and then signing a five-year extension. So what does this mean for Kirk Cousins and his free agency? Can the Jets be pursuers? and Or would they rather throw their money at Kirk Cousins or would they rather go invest in the draft? We shall see. Uh, we'll definitely talk a lot more football once Errol gets here. But as you guys may have heard, I was in Las Vegas last week for the New York Islanders, and I got to see the new, newest expansion team in the NHL, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Now, let me tell you this. What an incredible, incredible experience that T-Mobile Arena is. From the moment puck drop to the end of the third period, that place was the loudest arena I have ever heard. And I'm not even exaggerating. From Go Knights Go to the pregame introduction, let me tell you, Las Vegas is hockey. And I'll be honest, I wasn't sure what to expect once Vegas was announced that they were going to be hosting a NHL team. But let me tell you, those those team that that team has one of the most loudest fan bases. And now, not to mention, they sell out every single game. They have season ticket holders. You know, more than probably more than most teams in the NHL. And from for an expansion team, just the other day, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, made history with the most wins by an expansion team. And I believe the over under was around sixty points for them to for this season. I believe they're at seventy. If I'm not mistaken, I'll get, I'll check on that in one minute. But no one expected the Vegas Golden Knights to you know be this good, be at the top of the league uh, alongside the Tampa Bay Lightning. As I'm getting the standings right now, Tampa Bay Lightning in all of league. All of the league has have the most points at 73. The Vegas Golden Knights, who with a 34th win, you know, made history with the most by an expansion team, 34, 12, and four with 72 points is just incredible. Like I said, I believe the over under in the beginning of the season was around 60, 60 points, and you know what? Good for them. Honestly, this team. Doesn't really have many star players besides James Neal, who I would say a little past his prime. He was a star during his prime years with uh, Nashville, Pittsburgh. He won a championship in Pittsburgh. You also have guys like Marc-Andre Fleury with that veteran leadership uh, as the goaltender, who we all know his history with the Pittsburgh Penguins, winning some Stanley Cups over there. But this team is just incredible. They're winning with 
not really any number one A star players, and they play such a fast style of hockey. And I had this discussion with Errol just the other day. Once the playoffs start, and we we could all pretty much agree that the Golden Knights are going to be in the playoffs, unless some surprising, tremendous fallback, which I don't see that happening. Who knows how this team can play in the playoffs? Their style of hockey may be a little different. You know, like I said, they're a very fast-paced team. But once the playoffs come around, it's a whole new season. You know, you're going to be playing some games that are one, two-to-one games, three-to-two games. Vegas is very talented. I'll be interested to see how they perform in in the playoffs. But we still have two months, two or three months until that starts. As the trade deadline for the NHL is approaching in about five to seven days. Um, yeah, I undertook the victory in Las Vegas. Luckily for me, I got to see my team win in Las Vegas which I was very happy to see. They are the first team in the NHL to sweep the Vegas Golden Knights in the season series. And it was a close game. Islanders came out victorious. But the past two games, I can't really say the same about that. You know, after their great win in Vegas, there came the all-star break with Tavares and Bailey both playing in that. And then right after... The All-Star break, the Islanders had two games, one on Tuesday at home against the Florida Panthers, lost that one. Next game, they had a back-to-back in Toronto, lost that 5 nothing. So this team's a little, in a pretty big funk, I would say. And it's been going on for a little while. I would say since the beginning of December, this team has not looked very good. Uh, you could blame it on a lot of things. You could blame it on the injuries with Sezikis, Ladd, and Boychuk out. Uh, the Islanders got Sezikis and Ladd both back in their lineup the past two games, which was encouraging to see. They're still missing the veteran leadership on, uh, by Johnny Boychuk, who should be returning soon. And yeah, he's getting up there in age, but I think with this, the the defense playing the way it has been. Lately, giving up 35-plus shots, 40-plus shots, uh, game in, game out. I think this veteran leadership on defense will definitely help uh, once Johnny Borchuk comes back. But like I said, the trade deadline's a week away. Garth Snow, you need to make a deal. Garth Snow needs to make a deal. If they want John Tavares back in an Islanders uniform for next year, the rest of his career, Islanders need to make a deal, and they need to make it soon. They, you could say they could need goaltending, but it's really, it's really not Yaroslav Halak's fault. Halak has been, you know, let down by some pretty poor defense. I mean, look who you're throwing out there. Sebastian Ajo, the rookie, he's looked okay. I'll say he's looked comfortable, hasn't really done anything to wow me yet. You're throwing out Ryan Pulak out there with Nick Letty. And I'll say this, Pulak has definitely looked a lot better so far. But, you know, again, this is considered still a rookie year. You're throwing out a lot of guys that aren't NHL defensemen. They're, you could say Scott Mayfield, he, he could be very, he could be a very good player for this team in the future. Um, Adam Pellick, he hasn't really looked so great. Nick Letty. Ever since Borchuk went down to an injury, Nick Letty has not been the same. Nick Letty hasn't been the same since November. So this team is definitely struggling struggling on defense right now. And I honestly could see Garth Snow – I hope I could see it – Snow making a deal for a guy like Tyson Barry or uh, Mike Green uh, from the Red Wings. Garth needs to make an impact deal – to make a push for a playoffs. And luckily right now, this the Metropolitan Division is extremely tight as I'm getting the st- looking at the standings right now. With the way that both teams in New York are playing, the Islanders and the Rangers, both teams are extremely lucky to be in the race still. The Islanders are last in the Metro with 55 points, but they are four points out of a playoff spot right now. 
actually, as I pull up the wild card standings, they're one point out of a wild card spot, out of a playoff spot, which is mind-boggling. The Islanders have not been very, have not been playing very well, and they really need to start picking it up. Lately, you haven't seen much from any of the lines, uh, especially the John Tavares line with Lee and Bailey. Uh, Lee is actually, according to Arthur Staple from the Athletic, now he recently changed from Newsday to the Islanders beat reporter for the Athletic, which seems to be the most common fad right now. A lot of these reporters are going from other papers to the Athletic, which seems to be very good for you know journalism. The Islanders are 55 points out, but Islanders are 55 points right now. The Rangers are at 55 points right now. Right behind the Hurricanes at 56, and the Flyers at 56. Who the Flyers hold the second wild card spot right now. So it's they're not out of it just yet. But like I said, they need to make a, a deal. And I'll tell you this right now, bringing up Joshua Hosang is not going to correct any of these problems. Hosang, if anything, was adding to these issues with all the turnovers that he was creating in the NHL. And the reason why he was sent back to the AHL was because of all these turnovers and to see if he can improve his game. And he hasn't. Brent Thompson of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, the head coach over there, said, you know, he's still got a ways to go. And... Yeah, he's a very skilled, intelligent player, but he needs to mature a little bit. His game needs to mature. He has the skill, it's, but it's not only about, you know, putting the puck in the net. It's an all-around game, getting back defensively. I think Hosang's a great player. I really do. But, you know, he, he has to mature a little bit. Um, we saw Ross Johnson come up recently. Uh He's fit very well in the system. I mean, he's not a, a talented scorer. He's a guy that brings grit to this team, something that the Islanders haven't really had much this season, some aggressiveness, some hits, guys who check somebody and not afraid to get into the opponent's face. Johnson, actually funny, I mentioned Rose Johnson. He scored his first NHL goal in Las Vegas, and he's played very solid with uh, Clutterbuck and Tzizekas. Not Tzizekas, then Chimera. He, Johnson took the place of Casey Tzizekas when he was on IR. So we'll see if Johnson gets scratched. But if you ask me, I think Johnson has played well enough to stay on this team. And we'll have, we have some time left in the season to see. But like I said, a deal needs to get done. Otherwise, I think it's time to say goodbye to John Tavares. Uh, even after, even if they do make it to the first round, um, we'll have to see if Tavares decides to stay. This is his first time in free agency, and I could go on and on about John Tavares being a free agent, but you know, getting into the other side of New York, the New York Rangers have not been playing well either. Again, they're at 55 points along with the Islanders, and I'm kind of surprised by this news that their general manager announced that they are looking to sell the team at the trade deadline. You know, they got blown out by Toronto last night. Pulled, Lundqvist got pulled for Andre Pavlik. They lost against Anaheim. They lost against the Kings. They lost against Colorado. You know, ever since that brutal loss to the Islanders, which I had to throw that in there, even though Errol's not here yet. I'll probably throw it again later. But Ever since that brutal loss to the Islanders, the Rangers haven't really clicked. And recently, they announced that they're going to be selling. They're going to be parting ways with Rick Nash, Zuccarello, McDonough, Michael Grabner. And honestly, I'm a little shocked because this, because of how close this division is right now. And look, the Rangers are 25-21-5. and five. You're, you're above 500. Is it really time to sell? I mean, I don't know if this team is good enough to make the playoffs, but you have a window, and your window is Henrik Lundqvist. And does this mean this rebuild, which is probably the first rebuild we're going to be seeing in the past decade at least. I know Ariel's mentioned to me how saddened he is that this is going to be the first 
real time where he's experienced experiencing his team rebuild. And you know what? I don't know if that's typically the right move. I think they're still in it. I just maybe a coaching change. I think Elaine Vigneault has done a great job in his tenure as Rangers head coach, but maybe it's time for a change. Uh, you can't really put all the blame on coaching. Uh, the players just have not performed. But, hey, you never know. Ryan McDonough would look very look very good in an Islander jersey, which I know realistically that's not going to happen. The Rangers would never make a trade. The Islanders would never make a trade with each other. But there's some pieces on that team where, you know, I could see them parting ways with and maybe getting some high draft picks for next year. They Rangers do have some upcoming prospects like Heidel. Uh, I know they have the guy from Arizona, the defenseman, that uh, D'Angelo, that they got in the Arizona trade for Derek Stepan and Anthony Ranta. Uh, I know they have a few other guys that they could call up. That Even if you get rid of Ryan McDonough, Brady Shea looks like he could be the next captain for the next couple of years. I am very high on Brady Shea, as why not? He's a very great defenseman. The Rangers also lost with uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. No one expected him to go down, probably for the rest of the season. Uh, signed a big deal to stay for the next Five to seven years. Uh, is it five or six years? I can't really remember. But Zankirk's probably out for the year, and that probably kind of lowered their chances to make the playoffs, even if they make it to the playoffs. I know it's a whole different season, but look at the other teams in the Eastern Conference. You have the Tampa Bay Lightning playing outstanding with Kucherov, Stamkos, Braden Point. You have the Devils. No one expected the New Jersey Devils to be the best team in the – one of the best teams in the Metro, even over the Islanders and the Rangers. And we are going to have a caller call in. Caller. Hello. Hello, Errol. Where are you? I just got out of traffic. I'm almost there, my man. Doing a good job. Doing a good job. I don't know why you put yourself down. All right. On, we'll, we'll Once you get here, we'll – Get into more football. We're getting into some hockey now. I want to. I want to talk. I want to talk some hockey, bro. I want to talk some hockey. I, I, I'm looking at a sell-off. I don't like it. I don't like it. How do you but, feel? Uh, tell me. Tell me. Well, how you you feel know, sometimes, Stephen, you have to. You know, I, sometimes you have to sell pieces off for the better of of the future of the franchise. And I kind of I don't see it, only because of the age of the goaltender and that that you know he is a window. Like I don't really see. Now, I'm not big on <laughs> what the Rangers have overseas and what the Rangers have down below in Hartford, but I don't see a capable replacement right now for Anna Glenquist. Now, listen, that could change. Um, Cam Talbot looked like a very capable replacement. He, you know, aside from the rough start that he had this year, um, if you go back on the last few years, he has looked very capable of being a starting caliber goalie that could help you win a Stanley Cup. So we don't know. Let's be honest. We really don't know. We've seen Brandon Halverson come up, uh, and that's really it, as any young goalie from the Rangers system come up. But the window is long quick. You can't count on having another lightning spark like Cam Talbot, like an Ranta, to come in and build a team around. It's not as easy as it sounds. I know we can look at a team like the Blackhawks that has, a, let's be honest, an average to a good goaltender, and I say good and, and you know, I'm being generous, and just put an all-world team around him. You don't see teams like that put together every other year. I mean, look at them now. I mean, they're they're facing the consequences now. <laughs> I can see it's hard to blame everything on Vigneault, even though uh, Stephen, some of these some of these lineup changes, like Pavel Buchnevich wasn't on even in the lineup in practice this morning. I mean, I mean he's arguably your second, third, I guess, if you want to bump him down that far, most talented forward. In- can't get the guy in the lineup? I mean, come on. Well, I mean, let's mention Henrik Lundqvist. Like I said earlier, the window is Henrik Lundqvist. Can you see him asking for a trade? As Errol comes off the air, and I'm sure he'll be walking in my door any minute, and yeah, there he is, but we'll get more into this once he gets here. 
Let's just wait for him. And here he is. Errol. What's up, my brother? What's going on? How you doing, buddy? How was Ram and Boots this morning, Steven? It was great. It was actually a great show. I was listening. I appreciate you listening. All I heard was music, so I hung up. But, uh, you know. Well, we me and Joe talked a little bit. I know, but I didn't get up to but, that part. Like, I, I was just talking to you on the phone about... You, can you see Henrik requesting a trade in the in the near future? Um, he deserves a cha- he deserves a cup, and he's not going to get it in the next two years. Listen, he's playing. He's looking like Tom Brady in the sense of he's thirty five, which <clears throat> in goalie years probably feels like forty five, and he's playing like he's twenty five. So, listen, I don't know what the Rangers. Are. Larry Brooks, who has his finger on the pulse on everything in that team, as much as players really do hate him. And and we've seen that in the past with a Yager, with a, a Dan Boyle. They don't like him. So is this true? Is it accurate? He's had enough credibility over the past however many years to say, yeah, I think he you know, he, he is correct on what he's reporting. I don't know if there it's I, I, I biasness, I don't want to see it because I really don't want to see this team be bad. I've never seen this team be bad. So, but in reality, yeah, probably. I mean, to get rid of expiring contracts like Nash, like a Gravner, I wouldn't just give them away. If I get something of value, sure. If not, then I'm, I'm keeping my chips and I'm making a run with what I have. Well, like I said, the, Metro, the, the Metropolitan Division is so close. The worst team, the Islanders, are one point out of a playoff spot. Why are you selling? Um, Because they don't look like they can win a Stanley Cup. Um, I, I think Rangers have a better chance than the Islanders just because of the pure goalie that they have. Um, the Islanders don't have that type of goalie. But goal. the Islanders, the goaltending is not the issue. Halak has been fine. With the defense. Mean, Steven, you know as well as I do, when you get into the postseason, it's a different game. And the way the Islanders play will not resonate. I told you about this with the biggest Golden Knights, too. The fast pace of play that they play I with that. will not oh, that's good. Will not resonate. In the postseason, Stephen, you've watched enough postseason. Despite your team not being there every year, you watch plenty of postseason hockey. How many times have you seen two to one, three to two games, one nothing games in the postseason? Exactly what I said, and that's the thing. I don't know if the I don't know if the Golden Knights are going to be playing the same way they've been playing this whole season in the playoffs. That time will tell. We both know they're going to probably make the playoffs, and that arena is going to be as the loudest arena you'll ever experience in the postseason. There's never just one – there's never just a team that wins the Stanley Cup just playing one style. You know, you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're a great all-around team. Two reigning – two-time reigning Stanley Cup champions. They have the forwards on offense. They have the guys to clamp down on defense. And they've had the goaltender for the past decade out of the, you know, whatever it's been, three, four Stanley Cups that Sidney Crosby and company has gotten. Look at the Blackhawks. Not a great goaltender. But they have guys like Seabrook. They have guys like Duncan Keith over the past decade to make sure that that goaltender, it makes his job easier. Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, those are all world scorers and offensive players. You know, you can't win. I mean, we saw it with the, the Rangers haven't been able to get over the hump because they've never had that legit sniper, that legit scorer who's going to score goals to you in the playoffs. They thought they had it with Gabrick, didn't perform in the postseason. They thought they had it with Nash, hasn't performed in the postseason. And that's one of the things you need as a team. The Islanders have it, but they don't have the pieces around John Tavares from the defensive side, and from the goaltending side. Forward-wise, they're fine. The top six, could carry, I think, could carry them in the playoffs. It's the bottom six that's the issue with right. Brock Nelson, Alan Klein, Jason Chimera that are not performing. You had 20 goals from Jason Chimera, you know, well, just past the past season. You're not getting any performance from Brock Nelson. That was the mistake the, the – Islanders made was letting all those guys walk. You had to try to at least retain one or two of them. They let all of them walk. Matt Martin, Franz Nielsen, I know we keep calling on it. It's been three years now. Also, I didn't have a problem with. Also, I thought it was a product of John Tavares. Ended up coming to fruition. With the Islanders, and same thing with the Rangers. The Rangers were probably, you mocked me for it the other day when I saw you. Three minutes? Three minutes? Yeah, they were probably three minutes away from actually hoisting a Stanley Cup, which sounds odd, considering they lost the series in five games. They were able to roll out four lines, and that was the best fourth line in hockey, and that made a huge – they started the line. Every game in the post, almost every game in the postseason, they started the fourth line and started the game. 
that was we know how effective it is. You've seen it in new with both New York teams with Matt Martin uh, and Matt Line and company, but it's not the case anymore. You know they they have the top six. The Islanders have the top six. They don't have the defense below that, and they don't have the goalie. The Rangers have the goalie. They don't have the pieces around. They don't have a center. They don't have youth. They don't have depth. They don't have defensive defense guys. I mean, Kevin Shattenkirk, we're going to find out a lot next year. We're going to find out if it was a meniscus injury that was holding him back and let him to the plus minus that he has, that led him to the lack of points that he does not have. No, McDonough has one year left to his contract. There are more questions with the answers with both of these teams. We can be looking at a real, real black hole when it comes to local hockey in this town for a lot of years to come, Stephen. It's really disappointing to say. New Jersey. I <laughs> know. Uh, the the <laughs> Devils are unbelievable. Listen, the Devils may have may have been peaking. They're peaking at the right time because the island, you see the Islanders and the Rangers declining, and they're trending up. No Martin Brodeur. No Zach Parisi. I think it's a good job by the by the Devils brass. And Tom will tell, uh, like I said, the trade deadline's just a week away. Um, Let me ask you something. The Islanders need to make a deal. Let me ask you something. It's how many weeks away? What's the date? Give me the date. I believe it's – I couldn't tell you the date offhand. We're doing a Facebook Live this year recording Joe Cusimano, your new co-host. I haven't really talked about it, but – Why haven't – I mean, Joe Cusimano and your new co-host? Huh? Yeah? Your new co-host, Joe yeah. Cusimano. Let me get the – let me get the Monday, February 26th. And that's 24 days from now. So let's just take a look at it. I'm going to bring out the worst scenario, and I know you don't want to hear it, but let's be honest. Well, Garth Snow already said it's not happening, so don't even bring it up. I have to bring it. There's no reason for it not to happen. Garth Snow said he's not trading John Tavares. You play the Blue Jackets. It's a tough team. Predators, that's a real tough team. Buffalo, who just seems to give everyone mitts. I don't know why, they just do. Red Wings, is a very winnable game. Then you got Calgary, Blue Jackets again. Rangers, well, you know you win that game. Don't worry about that. Carolina, that's a tough team. Minnesota, the point is you play every team except for two. Every team except for two is over 500. So that's not exactly an easy schedule. Let's just say they're nine points out of a playoff spot, and they're trending down, and the injuries continue to pile up, and Boychek gets pushed back. DeHaan's already not coming back. Do you at least look at You have to look at it. No. And if Garth Snow, your franchise player, your best player in the past ten this years, this is a good thing for you and all Islander fans that rebel against this man. If they don't trip, if they're clearly out of the playoff spot and they're clearly play, the play of them is clearly underwhelming to where they think they should be to the point where they could make a run at the postseason. Well, Garth's gone, man. Garth's gone. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get the green light to at least look, because it's not like the team would sign him to an extension, the team that you would trade him to. He wouldn't sign an extension. I think he's going to test the market. So essentially, whatever team would trade for him is going to be trading for him for, you know, they're going to be trading for a rental. So you actually would have a chance to re-sign him. But if Ledecky doesn't give the green light on Garth Snow, who's been here eight years and has got one damn playoff round for a win, he's already gone. Let me tell you this. He's just a lame duck GM at this point. If the Islanders make a move in the next two weeks, two, three weeks, and they – don't make the playoffs, I still think John Tavares signs. I, I, I think if they don't make If they make a move and show I mean, that they're I mean, willing to win. Listen. If they if they show the will to win and they don't make the playoffs, if they, they miss it just by a few points, Tavares is staying. Steven, the will to win. He wants to play with Barzal. Listen, the will, Anders he doesn't play with Barzal. Let's He's on the same get team. get that clear. He doesn't play on the same, same line as Matthew Barzal. <laughs> listen. This is really hard to come to grips with. It's really hard for me to come to grips with that the Rangers are going to be sellers at the deadline. I'm going to see them actually bet. I've seen them miss the playoffs one time in the life of watching them. And that was on the last game of the year in a shootout against Philadelphia. It may come really hard to grips with you that you're essentially losing in the 60s for the Mets, but was Tom C. You know, it's really hard to give away just an icon like that. You wouldn't be giving him away, though. I'm telling you right now. If they're at it, because two weeks is a long time, Stephen. There's, there's a lot of hockey to be played. So they can either be second place. You're right. The Metro's tight. They can either be second place in the division, or they can be way out of a wild card spot, which is going to go through the Metro division. I, I 
feel really confident in saying that. If he doesn't have any sort of green light to trade a piece that they can potentially get back after the season and can potentially get a lot for it despite being a rental, he's a lame duck. He's a, he's a, he's a dead man walking anyway. So we're going to learn a lot in the next two weeks, and, and we're going to get into some football. Alex Smith traded to the Redskins. What does this mean for the Jets? I'm late. I'm Errol. That's Steven. This and is I'm going to kill him. This is I-95 Sports Network. Back with you after this commercial break. Introducing the SND Podcast channel. Your one-stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. Back with you, Weissman, on I-95 Sports Network. Number to call is... 1605-562-8001. Press 5 to join the conversation. Half hour of hockey talk. Rangers, Islanders, will they both be selling? Um, now let's talk some football. Steven doesn't want to admit anything, but uh, what are you going to do? Right, buddy? Sorry, right, don't worry about it. Uh, Steven, Alex Smith, as I am a little under the weather, if you cannot tell. Uh, struggling a little bit over here, but Steven, what do the good people say? The show must go Damn on. straight show must go on. That's what I said when you were late. Good. 20 Good. minutes. You know what I said? I still feel like ripping your, your Giants fan privileges off your chest. I'm not rooting for them. The fact that you, get, you, that right now. you get like a little, you know, I, I see your pants get bigger. Every time you talk about Carson Wentz, it, it gives me a little it calls to pause. Yeah, exactly. Shaking your little booty. All right, Steven. Alex Smith traded to the Redskins. I'm actually kind of happy about this because... You know, I thought a lot about Kirk Cousins. Steven, you and I broke it down yesterday, off air, obviously. Um, you can argue that Kirk Cousins is a top ten quarterback. I think you know maybe it's not a slam dunk, but he's top in 10, the top, top twelve. Like, top, yeah, eight to twelve. Um, anyone he had better statistics this year from anyone that was in the postseason that wasn't named Brady Breeze with Ben. I said that on Twitter. Someone tells me, oh yeah, go look at the red zone stat. Oh good, so I'll take the passing yards. I'll take the QBR. I'll take the passer rating. I'll take the QB to touchdown ratio, uh, the touchdown to interception ratio. You can have the red zone. Cause the guy, not, yeah, because the guys had all world receivers. The guy, that team wasn't taking tackles off the scrappy. But I'll, give me the red zone numbers. Yeah, sure. His two best running backs got hurt, but give me the red zone numbers. Um, Steven, do you think Kirk Cousins would be a good fit with the Jets? Let, let's do it. Because any good quarterback would be a fit with it. Do you think who would want to come to the Jets over – the Broncos, the Jaguars, the Vikings, possibly the Jaguars. We'll see what happens with the Bortles, but you get it. Do you think he would choose the Jets? I mean, I think his best spot is probably with Denver. But the Jets, I I could see if they throw a lot of money into him, why not? You know, that's what I'm going to say about every team. Why not? If the money's there, he's going to get paid. Look at the extension Alex Smith. Look at the extension Alex Smith. Twenty-four mil. He's oh, gonna get there. Oh my god! He's gonna, he's gonna get a hundred million dollars guaranteed. Alex Smith gets seventy-one, thirty-three years old, not as good game manager. He's gonna get a hundred million dollars guaranteed. I guarantee you that. Excuse the pun. Um, Stephen, you know I'm thinking about this, and I have to now. The thing is with Minnesota and with Denver. Those would be really good fits. Jacksonville, we have to figure out everything out with Blake Bortles' risk. If he is not physically off the physically unable to perform list, he automatically gets that $19 million uh, fifth-year option. So we might take them off the list. They might be off the list. We don't know yet. Minnesota and Denver would have to move a lot of money. They would have to make a lot of moves. If he would go to Denver, Emmanuel Sanders most likely will not be here. Um well, this is Keep the window to win. Possibly not be here. Denver needs to win now. Denver is in win win now mode. They just the only thing they need to fix is their quarterback. Obviously, Trevor Simeon's not the answer. There and Paxton Lynch most likely not. You can't stay on the field. They need that franchise quarterback. Yeah, this is the thing. Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, bust, bust, bust. So now three and three opportunities. Um, and let's we can look at Tim Tebow too. Bust. So since Sean Elway has taken over this team, he is now, he can't draft a quarterback. In two late first rounds, he has busted on both of those quarterbacks. Trevor Simeon was a seventh round pick, looked okay for a while, and then obviously Brock Osweiler 
he wanted to get Brock Osweiler $17 million. He took the Texans instead. Um, Brock and roll, baby. It just always goes back to Brock and roll. Always. Oh, my. Um, so they're going to have to move a lot of money to do this, but I think John Elway will be willing to do it because the guy can't find a quarterback in the draft, man. And you know what? If he, this would be the time to do it with the fifth pick, I don't think he trusts himself. I really don't. Minnesota, same thing. You know, they would have can, to move a lot of money. Can you see the Jets moving up in the draft? No, if they sign Kirk Cousins. If they, no, if they don't sign Kirk Cousins, you know, Josh Allen seems to be the best quarterback in this draft, no? I mean, you, you no, think, I don't think so. Uh, well, I know who you think is the best quarterback in this draft, but it's not, he's not going to be you drafted know, in the first David round. brought him up yesterday. We had Michael Kasia. I was like, he's like, why is no one talking about Mason Rudolph? I'm like, thank you, David. Why is no one talking about Mason Rudolph? This guy is going to end up getting past. This guy is going to end up being the Derek Carr of a few years ago. He is going to get passed up by every team once, and he's going to end up being the best quarterback in that draft, just like Derek Carr was just a few years ago. Better than Bortles, better than Johnny Football, better than Teddy Bridgewater. You mark my words on that, 83 days until the NFL draft. This is your reminder that Mason Rudolph is the best quarterback in this draft. To get back onto the topic, Steven. Yeah, I could if if you have your guy, if there's your quarterback that you want, you go out and get that quarterback. You go out and do everything that it takes to get that guy. Because when Washington gave up three threes, uh three ones and a two to get RG three, they thought they had their guy. And they gave up everything possible to go get him. Unfortunately for them, you know, I mean, he looked good, got hurt. I mean, it doesn't always work out. We know this. But, you know, I don't know who the Jets like. There's a lot of fibbing that goes around when it comes to the NFL draft time. You know, I heard a report yet last week that they didn't like Maker, Baker Mayfield. Is that true? Is it not? I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, but. I, I mean, Baker Mayfield could be Josh, uh, Johnny Mandel 2.0. I don't, but they play different styles. I don't understand why people keep saying that. No, why? Why, the, do the say, hot head, why do you say that? The hothead. The immaturity. Like I kind of like it. Grabbing his crotch to, to the Kansas Jayhawks fan. Like, I really, I didn't mind. I mean, it's obviously like I want that clean up a little bit if you're going to be a, a professional football player. But, you know, in New York, can you really imagine him with that style of. Yeah, I think that's the type of guy that can handle New York. I think that's the type of guy outgoing, loud mouth. You also don't guy. need the headache. There's two ways. I mean, it depends what you think is a headache. People think Odell Beckham's a headache, and then you got people like Robbie Anderson, you know, saying things <laughs> to cops that I can't say on this air, these airwaves. What are you going to do? Um, but Jets, get back to Kirk Cousins. The Jets are the the Jets are the only team in the league that can afford Kirk Cousins and still have like fifty million dollars of cap space left. Well, yeah, I mean, the Jets have a lot more than Kirk Cousins to worry about, or more, more than the quarterback situation to worry about. I still think they should sign Josh McCown as a veteran leader. Well, that, if they drop the quarterback, yeah, they, I think they should do that. But, um, you know, we'll see. Time will tell with the Kirk Cousins situation. I, I, I'm shocked at the timing the trade went down. You know, I was shocked at first. I thought to myself. Right before Super Bowl. Well, I thought to myself, I feel bad for Alex Smith. I'm like, the guy's going through this again, just the same as he went through last year. He's going to be a young quarterback on his tail. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him. You know, one miscue and they could take him out of the, you know, I don't know. And then they gave him that extension. And then I didn't know what to think. And then I realized something. See, we get so angry at the Wilpons because they're businessmen. This is what they do. You know, they try to save money as long as they can. This is the downside of having a fan as an owner. You know, this team, obviously, I think they need a blow-up, obviously. The Redskins, talking about them now. They got no, they don't have a true number one receiver. Jamison Crowder's a nice number two guy. Jordan Reed can't stay on the field. That offensive line can't stay healthy. The defense, let's be honest. And they give away Kendall Fuller, which is very highly talented also. Um, the team needs to be rebuilt just a little bit. But there's one problem with that. Kirk Cousins, or excuse me, Alex Smith gives them a delay. They don't want, they didn't want, Dan Schneider does not want to see his team bottom out. Dan Schneider does not want to see his team be bad for a few years just so they can develop 
a Mason Rudolph, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson type guy. He didn't want to see that. So what does he do? He goes for the quick fix. He goes for an older, not even as good. I think I think Alex Smith is just a little bit worse than Kirk Cousins. But he did that so his team can stay relevant in December and maybe make a playoff appearance, maybe sneak into a wild card. Because he doesn't want to see his team be bad. Just like it is with me with the Rangers. I would rather see them. The right move is probably to sell off the pieces that they have to get value and build for the future. Build for the immediate future to try to win while the window of Henry Gronquist is still open. That's not the way Dan Schneider does things. I mean, his goal, his goal is to be relevant, not be no. bad. No. That's, that's what he's doing now. He just paid. You didn't want to. Let's just. Can we just go back on the timeline? In 2015, you remember when Kirk Cousins wanted a contract extension? Yeah. Do you know how much that extension was for? Do you know the details of that contract? Kirk Cousins wanted, wanted, demanded $19 million a year, five years, $100 million, $60 million guaranteed. And you said, hell no. That is not my guy. I don't think you're worth that money. So what do you do? Let's fast forward two and a half years later, Steven. You have a guy three years older. You gave up pieces to get to give him five years, five, four years, ninety-three million dollars, or four years, twenty-three million dollars. Five years. A year? No, it's four years. Four years, twenty-three million dollars a year. It's seventy million dollars guaranteed. So you gave this guy who's older more guaranteed money, and Kirk Cousins, Cousins won. There was a, you know, Peter Rosenberg, right? Yeah. Probably only Redskins fan you ever hear anything from. His very deep, deep source. They go very deep line sources in that organization. He's who he is. He's famous, whatever. He told a story that he is fully confident and he has 100% confirmed sources about. There was a game when RG3 got hurt in his rookie year. Kirk Cousins, it was against the Browns. Kirk Cousins came back and won that game. You would think your owner goes over you, says, good job. I'm proud of what you did. They walked right past Kirk Cousins, went over to RG3. This is Dan Schneider and the GM at the time, Bruce Allen. Went over to RG3 and said, you okay? You're a guy. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about the injury. When you're back, you're a guy. Walked right past me. Ever since that, the relationship was severed. Kirk Cousins didn't want anything to do with that team. He was on with Brandon Tierney and Tiki, Tiki Barber the other day, the day after he got traded. He told Brandon Tierney, hey, tell your team to pony up some cash. You know, the guy doesn't care. The guy wanted out of Washington. Yeah. He's laughing at this right now because he's going to get paid, and he's going to be in a so much, in a thousand times better situation than he's in, than Alex Smith is now in, that he was in his previous spot right now. You know, you know who else is going to get paid, according to a tweet yesterday? <clears throat> Give me a hint. What position? Running back. Maybe I'm Bell. Apparently, $60 million ain't enough. <laughs> that was the greatest tweet. Some uh, Jets fan decided to say, uh, hey, come to the Jets for, uh, I'll pay you $60 million to come play for the Jets. Bell tweets back, you, could, you couldn't pay me $60 million to run for the New York Jets. Mm, he said $60 million ain't enough to run for the Jets. Meanwhile, he's a Jets, he was a Jets fan growing up. Is he from the area? Look, look at his... Old tweets. He was like, the Jets need a draft. Oh, Kirk. The Jets, I, I'm so done with Sanchez. I saw a tweet earlier from like 2012. Some funny stuff there, but. Yeah, um, there was. If he a, makes it a free agency, I've seen the Jets throwing money at him. Yeah, but they could. Uh, Pittsburgh can still put the franchise tag on him. I don't think he's going to do that. Um, I tagged a couple people in that tweet, and Jamal Adams went back at him. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, Jamal Adams was like, we're going to be the talk of. Talk of the league next year. You watch out, Le'Veon. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, he was like, hey, still, come aboard. We could use it. Um, did you congratulate our uh, our special I did. I did. Oh. I congratulated. I was like, this athletics seems to be the new norm. It really is. Art staple. Congratulations. I assume, you know, this is better for him, obviously, if he left to go there. Still covering the aisles. Still covering. There was some slight rumors that he would switch over to the other Metropolitan team. So, there was... You would be, you'd be happy with that. I would be happy with that. Would He's a still, great beat reporter. Would you still want him on the show? Uh, uh, oh, come we'll on. Talk. We'll oh, talk. come on. Mark Carrig also uh, switched, 
which so the Athletics and too. He's like, and he's, he's also covering for the Yankees. Yeah, he's going to the Yankees. But so. he'll, he'll put some Mets inside. Mets will need a new Tuesday Beat Riders team. I'm happy. I, I'm happy with our old one. Yeah. Well, I think Anthony, yeah, Anthony Ryber, uh, Lauren Albanese, I think a couple, couple options. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but you know what's coming up this Sunday? We do have 15 minutes left in the show. It's only like the biggest game of the year. It's um, not like football Sunday though. It's just it's disappointing. It's more of an entertainment type of Sunday. No, I think everyone just makes such a big deal of the Super Bowl nowadays. People go to these parties. Halftime show, Justin Timberlake. Are we excited for another malfunction from Justin Timberlake? As long as there's not another woman on stage with him. Is there a prop bet? Uh, there's probably a prop bet if he pulls another woman's shirt down, basically. Him and Ezekiel Elliott should actually sing together. I think that would be a good idea. Why, Ezekiel Elliott sings? No, Jesus. Really? Remember? St. Friday's Day Parade. Pull the woman's shirt right, down. Right, right, Record a right, video. Right, right, but all the right. becomes a distraction. Remember that, Stephen. Right. Remember that. Yes. People run away from the cops and, and pull women's shirts down. And put, oh, they're back that's, that's, distract- that's not good. Going to Miami, that's a distraction, Stephen. Just want to remind you. Um, yeah, you know what? We made our picks already. We both picked the Patriots. What was the score? I don't know. I picked gonna... 24-21. I think I picked 27-24. Yeah, you did. Um, I think it's going to be that type of game. You saw the money. You saw the spread change. Stephen, it is the last technical football week of the year. Please. Well, I don't get, I think we gave our picks. Please. I don't know why it's been a nice show. Explain. Wow. Yeah, my voice is going, guys. I don't know if I'll be able to do a show on Tuesday. If you if you guys didn't know, s and Podcast Channel had a, we had, we joined the s and Podcast show, uh, channel and Joe on uh, Gotta love Joe. Monday. Raymond Boots. On Monday, we talk, we had our Super Bowl preview where we both picked the Patriots to win. Yes. Please, please, God. Please. I mean. I'm begging. Yes, I'm a Giants fan. I can't root for the Eagles. Uh, but if it was Carson Wentz, it's a different story. Yeah, I can see your pants getting bigger. Um, let me tell you something. For what I just went through before I got here, and what I have to go through tomorrow, the disappointment that I have to go through tomorrow already. Tomorrow? If, yes. For what we talked about off air. Gotcha, man. gotcha. If that's what it takes for the Eagles not to win the Super Bowl, I think that would be worth it. If this is literally, this is what I'm thinking. The only thing worse than the Eagles making it would be the Cowboys. Yeah, this is. This I think is, that's worse. Literally, that Sorry, would be as as disgusting. Love. This is this is how disgusting that I am. This is the disturbed human being of my perspective of thinking. Wow, if this is what it takes, this why is this happening to me? Why is this can only mean one thing? This is a sacrifice for the Eagles not winning the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, no less. Not even the best quarterback that was on their way to winning the MVP. So, if that's what it takes, Steven, I'm telling you right now, take every penny that you have and go on the money line. Go on, Don't go on the spread. The spread's probably going to cover. Go on the money line. Steven, explain a spread to me. What's the spread? Four and a half. Four points. Four points, I believe. It's ending that. If, probably be three and a half by tomorrow. Okay, so if the Eagles, you know, cover the spread... I'm gonna run it all. Oh my god. I'm ready bad. Alright, Steven, let's pretend you're let's rewind. You're back in Vegas. Uh, I'm back in Vegas. Back in Vegas. Back in Vegas. You're doing you are doing a straight bet. Right? Yeah. Okay, you're doing a straight bet. Right, the Eagles or the Patriots are favored at four and a half points. Okay, say the Patriots are favored by four and a half. What do you want to bet? I'm your bookie. How you doing? What's your name? Don't tell me your name because I'm not gonna tell you my name. I'm betting the Patriots. Okay. So not cover. Okay, good. I'm letting the Eagles to cover that game. Four and a half points? Sure. Uh, just out of I think cur- it's going to be that close of a game. Wow, just out of curiosity, having a normal conversation with you. What do you think the score is going to be? I think it's going to be ticket. 24 to 21. Oh, Patriots. Good. Okay, good. 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 I w- if the Eagles covered, yeah. Patriots still win. I'd still win my bet. Oh, yeah, that's right. See, I'm- <laughs> it only took Steven 21 weeks, but Jesus, he got Hey, you want to do the over-under bet? You want to do a parlay? I'm good. I'm good four, 48 and a half points. you want to take it? Oh, I would take the under on that. You think so? I would, absolutely. I'd take the under on 24, that. 24-21? Yeah, you would. Good job. You can, listen, you can do math, too, at the same time. Very proud right, of quick, too. Um, Steven, in all honesty, does, does Tom Brady need this Super Bowl to cement his legacy as the best quarterback? No. He cemented it a long, long time ago. But what I do think, I think this could be a, an end of a regime. I think with both... McDaniels 
and Matt Patricia leaving for a head coaching position? Is it going to be the same Patriots team? Who knows? Well, we'll see what goes on with the offensive side. Defensive side, looks like linebackers coach Brian Flores is going to be the favorite to get that defensive coordinator job. We'll see what Belichick wants to do. <clears throat> you know who I really could see the Patriots drafting? Like, I really can see that happening to the point where Belichick drafts this guy with the last pick of the draft. God really placing this player in their in their laps to give them another 15 years of competing for Super Bowls. Mason Rudolph is a Patriots type of guy. He's a system quarterback. He's got the peripheral. He says he has impressive peripherals. He's got the arm. Like Tom Brady, he gets the ball out of his hand quick. Look out for that guy to be drafted. If the Giants foolishly do not trade down and pass on him, or if they foolishly do not draft him at number two, or if the Jets foolishly do not draft him at number two. You think that's a little hot, number two, for Mason Rudolph? If he stayed held, if he played during the Senior Bowl and then he went through the Combine, yeah, I think he would have been definitely top ten. Um, one guy I've been following, Matt Miller, Bleacher Report, um, doesn't even have him in his first round. At most. And has four quarterbacks in their top in his top ten. And it's not Mason Rudolph. Well, as expected, you're the only one that seems to have Mason Rudolph drafted in the first round. Yes. Yes, the top ten. Let them let it go through the combine. Let them go through the drills. You keep saying that. Well, it hasn't happened yet. When it happens, you know, they they play it live. When he has a poor performance in the combine. And he's going to drop around three or four, and someone's going to get a steal. Someone is going to make their team off Mason Rudolph. When Mason Rudolph falls, I'm going to laugh. Listen, you and I, you know, how many times have you watched college football this season? How many times did I tell you to watch his game? Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Did you watch it? I did a little bit. I put it on for five seconds to snapshot a picture of it and send it to you. Michigan, Ohio State. Did you watch that? I did not. Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma State and Pitt. Did you watch that? I did not. Do you know what his stats were at halftime? What? I'm going to take a guess. Take a, take a guess to his passing yards and his passing touchdowns at halftime. I'm going to say at halftime it was probably 9 for 14. Uh, Keep going. How many passing yards? 150 yards. Okay. Two touchdowns. What do you think his end stats were? Was that my night correct? I'm going to tell you if there's end stats. I'll say... 21, 26, four touchdowns, 385 yards. Am I anywhere close? You're not even in the ballpark. No way. You're not even in the ballpark, Steven. How many touchdowns did he throw in the first half, did you say? Two. Do you know Mason Rudolph threw five touchdowns in the first half? Okay. You know he threw for nearly 500 yards. In the first half against Pitt, I can't bring that up because my phone just died. But what guy throws for 500 yards? Tell me, Stephen, what quarterback have you ever seen that throws for nearly 500 yards in only one half? Uh, I'm sure Rogers might have been close once. No, no, it just it doesn't happen. It does not happen. Let's see here, Stephen. 497 yards, five touchdowns. Come on, are you kidding me? Total or in the first half? I don't know if he played the second half. That was the problem. (laughs) Everyone's asleep. All right, let's see here. Everyone's sleeping during this game. This was at Pitt. Let's uh, let's, uh, just remember that. 423 yards, 20 for 28 passing. Apparently, it was not an all-time record, though, unfortunately. Andre Ware passed for 517 yards. Five passing touchdowns, Stephen. Stephen, 257 rating. I've never seen a 257 rating before. Unbelievable. Really, it really is impressive. Um, Stephen, mark my words. This guy will be... (laughs) Oh, my God. Got something? You got some news for me? What do you got? From Arthur Staple. Oh, all right. Good buddy. Tavares was asked by Pierre Lebron uh, from The Athletic, saying JT won't be traded. 
I don't want to. Whoever says this, I don't want to be traded. So I had a pretty good sense of that already. Thank you. For that can you just like what? What do you expect the guy to say? Really? Can you just? Can you just tell me? I was pretty sure no shot. Yeah, there was no shot of me getting traded. You know what? You know what? It doesn't usually happen. Guys don't get a hundred ninety-one million dollar extension. He usually doesn't get traded three months later. That happened with Blake Griffin. Guys usually all-time greats usually don't move on from their teams. Michael Jordan played for the Wizards. Peyton Manning played for the Broncos. Things happen. Things change. You're ten points behind the playoff spot with whatever it would be, 23 games to go, and the team looks lifeless, and you can't score any goals, and the defense is still hurt, and the injuries are still piling up. Yeah, things change. Okay, we'll see. Time will tell. Even four minutes left. I want a prediction. I want a prediction from you about next Friday. Next Friday. Next Friday. You want to tell everyone, actually, Nick and Iris, this Tuesday, upcoming Tuesday. You want to tell the good people? Next Friday. Next Friday, yes. Tonight. Yes, good. Our weekly prediction. Random. Oh. Oh, go, oh, yeah, no, there, yeah, go ahead. Tuesday, Errol will be joining us right, on yeah. the New York Sports Bot for Ram Nation Radio, the sports show that goes on during club hour at Farmingdale State College. I'm excited to have you back with us in Farmingdale. It's been a good time. I am part of the family now. Now we are part of two families together. I really, R95 and Rare Nation Radio, I really I can't get away from you. Um, <clears throat> Steven, I will make a prediction this week, as I am half dying, half not, half sick. There will be, drum roll please, if you may. Thank you. There will be a significant signing by a major league team this upcoming week. Because God knows players are revolting right now. Have you seen on Twitter? They're very furious. Yeah. You think you dog restricts? I think if you're asking for specifics, yeah, I think Darvish is the guy. Darvish or Hosmer. Did you see the Mets going out there with Jake Arrieta if, the va- if there's value? If there's value. There's going to be no value. Someone's going to give that guy a four-year contract for $100 million. I don't I don't think there's any value with signing Jake Arrieta. I think Darvish is going to get around the same. Um, I think it will be the Cubs. I hear that it's close. So, um, yeah, I'll go into specific. You, Darvish, will be a Chicago come next week. Either that or Eric Hosner will be a San Diego Padre. Steven? Um, prediction. There you go. Prediction. Eduardo Nunez will be a New York Met. So basically your prediction is going against my prediction. Yeah. I'm saying there will only be one significant signing this upcoming week. You know, you could be right. Say if, what's today, Friday? Say if on Monday, you Darvis signs the Cubs, I think the dominoes will, will continue to fall. I hope so. We'll see. I'm excited for this offseason. You got some more art news for me? Oh, like, no. The staple asked Casey Sezikas uh, about a Super Bowl pick, and Sezikas said, that's a hard one for me. I hate both teams so is. much. Where's Casey from? He's from Canada. Wow. Oh, so Speaking nice. of Canada, well, not really Canada. Speaking of football, the XFL making <laughs> where, a comeback. Where did, where did XFL translate with Canada? Uh, I just thought football, Super Bowl. Vince McMahon is bringing the XFL back. Not that I watched it when I was in 2001. I didn't even. I was seven years old. Yeah, but I'll be interested in I heard the that, team and riding with them. I heard they couldn't get a snap off. I did hear that. Uh, they couldn't get a, barely get a snap off. Um, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for us, Steve. How's your foot? How's the leg? Can you punt? Can you kick? We'll see. I feel like I could be like a good Cole Beasley type type slot receiver. I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe we'll go out for tryouts. But as uh. You know, people do say show must go on, but all things must come to an end. That is only until next Friday on the I-95 Sports Network, Western and Oz. Everyone have a great weekend, safe weekend. Please do not drink and drive during Super Bowl Sunday. Um, not smart. You'll regret it, obviously. But everyone have a great Super Bowl. Everyone have a great week. And we will talk to you guys next Friday.
Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today.